0: We are continuing the series that, we, that was started a couple of weeks ago about the indispensable personality of the Holy Spirit. Is um, Thinking about this personality, I've, I was thinking, how am I going to start this? But um, we start from Genesis, as we did in the first um, service. The personality of the Holy Spirit, throughout the scriptures, if you look at him, he's always there. It wasn't very evident in the Old Testament, but in the New and our dispensation, he is there, he is there. And in Genesis, first, the, the Genesis chapter one, it says, in the, beginning was the, in the beginning God created, and that God, as we, we know it, that is God the Father, the Word, which eventually became Jesus and the Spirit. And later on in, chapter, in verse two, the Spirit moves round the earth and God spoke and creation happened and every beautiful things we can see now appeared. God created them and by the power of the Holy Spirit. And when we were unbelievers, you can't get saved, you can't be a Christian without the operation of the Holy Spirit in your life. It is the working of the Holy Spirit. It is not by your own doing, it is purely Holy Spirit. It was, it was the one that actually drew you to hear the gospel it was the one that convinced you, as the scripture says, that it's going to convince sinners. It was the one that convinced you to give your life. It was the one prompting you. And any unbeliever hearing me today is the, is the same Holy, is the Holy Spirit, the same personality that is prompting you to give your life to Jesus. Amen. And after we've given our life to Jesus, to live a victorious life as a Christian, the life Christ, God has called us to live, is by the power of the Holy Spirit. We cannot do anything by outside the Holy Spirit. In, in the book of John 15, it says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bear much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Without God, without the Holy Spirit, we can't do anything. It says, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. It is Christ that strengthens us. it is the one when he talked about the sanctification work of the Holy Spirit two weeks ago, it, it is not what we, you can do by your own power. It is the work of the Holy Spirit. We just need to yield ourselves to the Holy Spirit to move and you are going to live a victorious Christian life. Amen. Life outside the Holy Spirit, it's a religious life. It's going to be full of religious and frustration. That's what Paul was talking about in Romans 7. That I want to do this, I couldn't do it. It's because if the Holy Spirit wasn't there, if you're not depending on the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is there, anyway. If you're not depending on him, you won't live a victorious life. Amen. In Titus, the, the, the Titus 3, 4 to 5, talked about the washing of the Holy Spirit. That it's the Holy Spirit that washed unbeliever unbelievers and is the one that actually regenerates, the work of regeneration. And this Holy Spirit is poured abo- abundantly in our heart. Amen. To, to recap on what people that spoke before me said, they, they talked about the personality of the holy spirit and just to make just to emphasize this the holy spirit is god the same level as god it's god because if you look at throughout the scripture you realize that is um it's not inferior to god it's not junior god it's the same level because the the john the book of john 15 26 says but when the helper comes whom i shall send to you from the father the spirit of truth which proceed out of the Father. The Spirit that proceeds out of the Father is God's Spirit. Amen. So it's not junior God. Same level as God. Amen. And there are many things that represent Holy Spirit in the, in the Scripture, whether Old Testament or New Testament. Um, most commonly, fire, water, dough. If when, the, when Jesus Christ was baptized in Matthew, we were recorded in Matthew 3.16. It says... When he has been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from water. And behold, the heavens were open to him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and a light upon him. The, the Spirit descended on Jesus like a dove. It's just describing how the Spirit descended. The Spirit is not a dove. Amen. Because when we look at the scripture, it can be somebody. It's a personality and then a dove or a fire. It just describes how the Spirit descended. That scripture des- describes how the Spirit descended. Amen. And today, I will continue on the, on the same line, but today we'll focus on the indispensable Holy Spirit, indwelling believer. Amen. The, the meaning of indwelling of the Holy Spirit. I, I thought about this. There's a, there's a shorter definition of it. But by the Spirit of God, I got this definition when I was thinking, how, how can we present this and go in-depth into it? I got this definition that God resides in you permanently in the form of his Spirit through the finished work of Christ. Amen. The short definition is God living in you, God living in me. It's living in believers. Amen. Just, not just anybody, believers. Amen. Amen. God doesn't reside in unbelievers. If an unbeliever wants God inside of him, he has to give his life to Jesus. We are going to see that in a minute. God resides in you permanently. Let's look at that. God resides. Why God, why did he decide to reside in us? Long before, when the creation, before the fall of um, man in the garden, God used to communicate with, with man. Adam and Eve used to walk in the cool of the evening, talk with them, but when they fell, a lot of things happen as we, we know it. And God wanted a fellowship with humanity. He wanted not just to walk with us. He wanted to walk in us, as Jesus said. He wants to walk inside of us. Amen. And John, God said in, in 2 Corinthians 3, six sixteen the big part now. He said, for, for you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them. And walk among them. I will be their God, and they shall be my people. This is just a prophecy from, the Paul was quoting this from Ezekiel, Ezekiel 37, verse 26 to 27. That was the plan of God. He wanted to be in us, not just to be around us. Amen. He wanted to walk with us. Amen. And going further, if you look at the, 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 the definition again, say, God dwell, he resides not permanently. That's a very strong word, permanently. Because so, some of, I used to think that God is there today in me. God is not there to, tomorrow as a believer. That, that is not the right thinking for a believer. Because Jesus himself, I didn't write the scripture, we didn't write the scripture. Jesus himself said, said this from the mouth of Jesus himself. He said in John 14, 16, he said, and I will pray the Father and will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. Amen. He's going to be in you forever. Looking at the, the definition of that forever, for all future time, for always, continually, He's always there. Amen. He's always there. He's always there. And we are going to see the difference between this and the life that people lived in the Old Testament in a minute. But God is always there. As a believer, he's always there. But we just have to be aware that God is there, Amen. God is there in the person of the Holy Spirit. Is there in the person of the Holy Spirit? This personality we are talking about is there. God is there in the person of the Holy Spirit. When you ask a, a, a little children, Christian child, that where is, where is Jesus? He's going to point Jesus in my heart. Yeah, it's true. Jesus is in my heart. But scriptural speaking, Jesus is in my heart by the Holy Spirit, because now Jesus seated with God on the right side of, Jesus, or of God, the Father. Amen. But he said, I will go away, and I send a comforter. So Jesus is here now in the form of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Because we have the Holy Spirit in us. And if you look at, if you look at Romans 8, 9, it said, but you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, is not of ease. In the scripture, there are many, there are many terms that are used for the Holy Spirit. Here in this verse we've read now, it says spirit of God. That's the Holy Spirit. It dwells in us. Amen. It says spirit of Christ. In another place, in another place you see spirit of eternal spirit. It's, it's talking about the same Holy Spirit, the spirit of glory, the spirit of life. As we saw in last two weeks ago, the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Is still talking about the Holy Spirit that's making us free. Amen. Amen. I said through the finished work of Christ. Through the finished work of Christ. uh, How how is it possible? Because without the death and resurrection of Christ, the Holy Spirit cannot dwell inside believers. That is one thing that God wanted to do. But the means of doing that is by, by Jesus dying for us so that he will give us that life. And His Spirit to, do in, to, to dwell in us. Amen. In, in Ephesians it says, "In Him you have trusted." That means you trusted something. You trusted somebody. You trusted a God. Uh, you trusted a message. After you've heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. In whom also having believed, that means you believed something, and were sealed with the Holy Spirit. The moment you believe the, script, you believe the gospel, you were sealed. You were sealed by the Holy Spirit. Amen. That is the, that is the reason the Holy Spirit only indwells those who believe the scripture. Only believe it, it is it is indwelling those that believe in Jesus. Unbeliever is not there in the life of unbeliever. He can only walk with unbeliever outsidely. Because God says He's going to pour his spirit upon all flesh. So the, the, the leading of an unbeliever to Christ. It's actually the working of the Holy Spirit as well, but it's not in them, amen. So what have we, what have we had so far is this, that the Holy Spirit only dwells in all true believers, because the Bible says, people, not everybody that call me Lord Lord um, is the uh, children of God. As we see in Matthew 7:21, not everyone who says me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom. There's a lot of people around, because they attend church, they believe they are Christians No, Because they feel the sense of them and they said, oh, what's your religion? Christianity. That doesn't make anybody a Christian. The gospel that makes people Christian is Jesus died, died for our sin, and he rose again. Believe and you'll be saved. It's So simple. Amen. And the, the second point we've established so far is the Holy Spirit comes immediately you believe. Once you believe the scripture, once you believe that message, you believe the gospel, the Holy Spirit dwelling in you. It says in Romans five, five, five. it says the love of God. It says now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our heart by the Holy Spirit who was given unto you. So he was writing to Christians there that look, the Holy Spirit was poured out in your heart when you believed. Amen. It was given to you. The Holy Spirit was given to you when you believed. Amen. And the third thing that um, is the, the permanence which we've, we've, we've talked about it is there forever? Is there? Is there as a Christian? Amen. Briefly, let's look at the operation of the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament because the, the dispensation actually it differs. The operation of the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament is not the same as it is in the, in the New Testament, in the church age. Amen. In the Old Testament, during the uh, Patriarch, the, the before the death of Jesus, I I'll, I'll put Jesus in the middle. That means before the death of Jesus and after the death of Jesus. Before the, before the death of Jesus, people operated in the Holy Spirit as well. but the Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit wasn't in them. They were moved by the Holy Spirit. They spoke by the Holy Spirit, but it's not the way it is with us now. Amen. They, they, I'll give two kings as an example, King Saul and King Paul. Um, it's King. Saul and King David. Thank you, pardon. King Saul, he was the first king of Israel. He had the Holy Spirit. Samuel anointed him and he became king. He had that skill to, to rule. Amen. And when he disobeyed God, God took his spirit left. The spirit of God left him. And when David was anointed, he had the, he had the, the spirit of God. Amen. But when David too, when he missed it, he killed, he fornicated with um, Uriah, with Uriah's wife, and killed Uriah. And God, he will, he prayed one prayer in Psalm, Psalm 51:11. Say, God, do not take your spirit away from me, because then, once you miss it, the spirit just goes like that. But here, yeah, thank God for, for forgiveness. We can repent, and then not that the spirit leaves us; the spirit is still there. But you are, you are just suppressing the Spirit. Amen. You're suppressing the voice of the Spirit. That's why I say, Quench not the Spirit. You're suppressing Him. But in their own case, the Spirit will just leave them immediately. There's no second chance for them. So the Holy Spirit is there in the Old Testament, selectively and temporarily, because it was given to selected people, to kings, justice, to, to judge, judge, and to, to people for special assignments. For example, he was on Samuel as well. The Spirit of God was on Samuel. And when he missed it, when he, 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 when he sinned and his ear was caught, he, the Spirit left him and he had no power again. It was on Moses. So the, the Spirit of God was on those selected people. And for a temporal, temporarily, for definite assignment. Amen. And God said, look, in the future... I'm going to give my, my spirit upon all flesh. That's what it said in Joel 2:28. 20, it said, and it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour my spirit out, I will pour out my spirit unto all flesh, that everybody is going to have access to my spirit. Amen. Thank God for the generation we are now. Uh, some people, we used to think that, oh, I should have, I would prefer to be like uh, Elijah, he's a prophet of fire. But thank God, this is the best Dispensation to be in, you have the Holy Spirit in you, yeah. Amen. Amen. And the fulfillment of that jewel we, we saw it, it came to pass in Acts two, two 17. Amen. And during the time of disciples, during the time when Jesus was, was still on the earth, God, Jesus said, Jesus said, Jesus was walking in them. He was with them then. So they had access to the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit wasn't in the the disciple. Amen. But when Jesus Christ was going, in John 14, 17, it says, And the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you have known him. For he dwells with you, and it will be in you. Amen. The Holy Spirit was among them then, was working with them then because Jesus Christ got the Holy Spirit and it was working with them then, but it wasn't in them. Jesus Christ said, Look, after I've gone, you're going to have the Holy Spirit in you. Amen. The the operation of the Holy Spirit in the New Testament is, is so it is the best thing that can happen to humanity. Amen. And there, there are some scriptures that whenever I read them, I just it's like jumping around the room. One of them is in Romans, Romans 8 11. Thank you. It says, But if the Spirit of Him will raise Christ from the dead, that's the Spirit of God will raise Christ from the dead. Talking about the same Holy Spirit, that's the Spirit that raised Christ from the dead. Say, so If the Spirit of Him that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, I say, Yes, it dwells in me. That means he will raise Christ from the dead, will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. Amen. Yes, the Spirit is in me. Therefore, He, he is vitalizing my mortal flesh. Amen. That's another that's, that's scripture to hold on to, whether you are feeling pain in your body or you are feeling down. The Spirit of Him that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. He gives life to your mortal flesh. Amen. 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 Another one is in John, 1 John 4, 4. It says, You are of God little children. You are of God, little children. He's not talking to unbelievers. These are people that have been, that have been bought by the, by the blood of the Lamb. Amen. So you are of God, little children. He's talking to us Christians. And you have overcome them. Yes, we have overcome them. Why? Because he who is in you, that somebody is in you, that's the Holy Spirit. He who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Whatever opposition you're facing, the person inside of you is greater than the person, the, the situation outside the world. Amen. When you're, when you're a born-again Christian, you are an overcomer, whether you know it or not, whether you feel it or not. Why? Because we have the greater one inside of you. You have the greater one inside of me. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And and another one is in first, is in Colossians 1, 20, 27. It says, Christ in you, the hope of glory. God Christ in you. There's, there's nothing that can change all these facts. Your experiences cannot change all these facts. They are there. Whether you are experiencing it, whether you are feeling it, it doesn't change the fact that Christ is in you, the hope of glory. And, and as Christians, we are born of the Spirit. We are not, the kingdom we are is the kingdom of faith. We are not meant to live by what we see, what we feel, or what we taste. Amen. We are to walk by faith. It says, by faith the, the elders they pleases the God they please God. Without faith you can we cannot please God. It is only through faith. The kingdom we are now. There's a in, in Colossians two two six it says, As you therefore have received Christ the Lord, so walk in him. So I will ask you, I will ask myself, How how did I receive him? It's by faith. Receive him by faith. So that that means you should walk by faith. You should continue your journey by faith. When when the scripture says that you have God in you, you don't have to feel it before you know you have the Holy Spirit in you. Amen. In In Galatians 2, in Galatians 3, 2, this New Living Translation says, let me ask you this question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit by obeying the law of Moses? Of course not you receive the spirit because you believe the message you heard about Christ. Amen. Because you heard the message of Christ, that's why you believe, and that's why the Holy Spirit is in you. Amen. It's not by do's or don'ts. Amen. It's by because you believe. That's why you it's by faith because you believe the message. That's why you have it, you have him in you. Amen. You you may ask me that all these things about having Holy Spirit in you, how how will it benefit my day-to-day living? Because in the scripture, it is the scripture says there's profiting. The Bible says there's profiting in anything that you do godly. I mean, the any scripture you hold on to, you have profit doing it. Amen. It's 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 about a good life here yeah, and good life when we when we escape this earth. Amen. So to have a, to to maximize and to 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 live to our full potential here, it says that we have to know some basic things and. One of them is the awareness of God in us. Amen. He said, Why is this knowledge and understanding of indwelling of the Holy, Holy Spirit is so important? It's so important because it's going to give you God awareness. You'll be, you be aware of, you'll be conscious of God 24 7. Wherever you are, whenever, whenever it may be, you know that God is always there. You carry God around. You are mobile headquarters of God. You carry God around. So the, the awareness of that is it's so important that you know you can fellowship with god anytime any wherever it may be amen and the 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 second point is about holiness it's about holiness because the kingdom we are in now we are an ambassador we we are representing the kingdom a holy kingdom amen the 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 bible says in second corinthians 5 20, Twenty says, now we are the ambassador for Christ, and through Christ, we are pleased, through us. We employ you on Christ's behalf. Be reconciled to God. The the key word I want to put down there today is we are represent. We are representing the kingdom, and the holy kingdom. So we don't live our life anyhow. There's some places we don't go to. There's some things we don't do. There's some things we don't watch, because we have God in us, holy God. He says, as I as I am holy according. You, you should be holy as well. He expects us to be holy. Amen. The other thing is confidence in God. When you know that you have God inside of you, creator of heaven and earth, you know there's nothing that can stop your way. Amen. There's nothing powerful enough to stop you because you, you, you've got the force, the person that created everything inside of you. You are carrying him around. He builds your confidence that, look, God Knowing that God is in me, it, uh, it's enough. It gives me confidence. You wake up early in the morning, you say, thank God. I've got it in me. I've got Christ in me. I've got the Holy Spirit in me. There's nothing that can stop, you, stop me. You imagine a, a guy in the jungle with a bulldozer, and people were telling him there's no way to go. What will you do? You've got a bulldozer. I'm not comparing God as a bulldozer, but you get the concept. You just, you just zoom everything. You clear everything off. Because you've got God in you. Amen. 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 The, the, the the last point there is about prayer and worship. Because you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Jesus Christ drove those people away from the temple because they were buying and selling. And now we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We should give our lives to prayer and worship. That's expected of us because we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Amen. In in closing, I will I will finish with um First Corinthians 6, 19 to twenty. Thank you. It says, or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you are from God, and you are not your own. For you were bought at a price, therefore glorify body, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Amen. Your body belongs to God. He's been bought. Amen. Your body's been bought. So it's not your own alone. It's not your own again. It's not your property. You are just a custodian, You're a caretaker. So it belongs to God. So God wants us, to, he wants us to live our life as somebody that is taking care of God's property. It's a gift from God. It's, um, I've, I've, I've had some people that don't like their body. But it's not, it's not scriptural, it's not for a Christian not to like your body. It, uh, one comforting thing is, wherever you are, no, it's a gift from God. And God says, you are wonderfully and fearfully made. Wherever the container you've got now, just be happy with it and give glory to God with, with it. It's just for a while, because um, let's assume we, we will live at most 120 years, and we are going to have a glorious body in the future. Amen. Pastor Darius spoke about this last week, about the resurrected body. That's what we should be looking forward to, a glorious body. This is, the, this is the gift God has given us now. Let's take care of it. Let's watch what we do with our body. Let's love our body. I told them in the first service that I'm not a dietitian to recommend to you what to eat or what not to eat. But one thing that the scripture says, it says bodily exercise profited little. That little thing. If the scripture tells you that bodily exercise profited little, Let's hold on to that little. But godliness profited in all things. So there's a profit in doing exercise. So let's subject our bodies to exercise as well. Um, and the, the, the last thing is, um, is agreeing with God. It's agreeing with God. Wherever, the, wherever God says yes, say yes with him. Wherever the scripture says, go that direction. It's go that direction. And he's the one prompting in us both to will and to do his good pleasure. It won't best for us. It deposited his spirit in us. We should not suppress the spirit. We should listen to the voice of the spirit. And in agreeing with God, we've, we, have this, we have this treasure in us, in an earthen vessel. We have the Holy Spirit in us. But not just having the spirit in us. It's there for a purpose. And the purpose is to give us, to, to live, so that we might live a victorious life. Every step we take. Amen. I, I, I will finish with this with this quote that I I got from I heard from someone. It says, Don't let the Holy Spirit just be in you as a resident, but let it be there as a president. So let Holy Spirit be there as a president. The president is one that directs you, direct the affairs of your life. Amen. And perhaps you 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 are listening to me this morning, and you are not a Christian, you've not given your life to Christ. The, the, the simple truth is this you don't have the Holy Spirit in you. I don't know how to paint it otherwise, but you don't have God in you. You are not of God. But the good thing is, you don't have to do anything. Christ has paid for it all. He has paid for it. He gave his life because of this purpose. What you are expected to do is just to open the gift. Christ has given you this gift. He said, Look, this is the gift. Accept it. Accept the salvation of Christ. Believe the scripture. Believe that Christ, he came, he died for your sin. Believe that he died for your sin, he rose again, and you will be saved. You believe, believe, and you have Christ in you. You have the Holy Spirit in you. Once you believe, you will be sealed and you will be part of the kingdom. Amen. Amen. I will stop there. Thank you.